Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Euro Trip. Europe and welcome to Paris in France. Grand final day is here. Hello and welcome to Almost Live from Paris, our show building you up to today's Junior Eurovision Grand Final. I'm Rob and as ever I'm joined by the wonderful James Rowe, as I'm sure you would have said yourself if I hadn't have rudely interrupted. But it's great to be back, isn't it? This is our third episode of Almost Life in Paris, as we gear you up for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2021. As you're listening to this, it's only, hopefully if you're listening before the event itself anyway, it's only a few hours away and excitement levels are going through the roof. Very, very exciting. The final is finally here. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. We have got a massive show for you today to build you up to everything that's going to happen this afternoon in Paris. We have got some of the artists who are taking part in the final later on. We've got Stein Smulders. I think we've called him Eurovision's digital king when he's been on the podcast before. He's back on with us. We've got the head teacher of Ireland's Eurovision entry. We've got Louise and Neve from the Irish broadcaster as well who are out in Paris. And also the return of the junior Eurovision jukebox and and another one of you has sent in your voice note and you'll be telling us who you're voting for in today's final. So with all that to jam into one episode of the podcast, it's probably time for us to get on with things. This is the Eurotrip, almost live from Paris. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. James has just said it there. We are jam-packed. Honestly, we could not have filled this podcast with anything else if we had tried. So let's get straight to it then. We're going to kick off with another of the stars of today's show. He is closing the show. He has the honour of being the final act in today's Junior Eurovision Grand Final. It is Samal Oliveira from Portugal. He's got a brilliant song. It's a ballad. He sings the entire thing in Portuguese. His staging, very reminiscent to Barbara Pravi's staging from Eurovision in Rotterdam, I would say. I was lucky enough to chat to Samal while he was in his hotel room. And thank you to Maria, who you will hear from in this interview, who translates Samal's answers for us. So let's get to it. I started by asking him how his week had been in Paris. Okay, so uh, it has been a wonderful week, uh, an amazing one. I've been made some friendship with all the, uh, all the contestants, and I think it will be an experience for life. How prepared do you feel? Because, of course, you knew that you would be representing Portugal a long time ago. I think you were the first act announced to be going to Junior Eurovision in 2021. Okay, so uh, it feels prepared, uh, for sure. Uh, he's confident. 
he wants to get fun above all, so he will do everything to have fun in that stage. Now, let's talk about the staging. Tell me more about, you know, how you came to stage the song how you have, because it's a lot more simple than some of the other people that you're competing against, some of the other countries you're competing against this year. Okay, so he, he thinks the simplicity, it's much, it's uh, beautiful and it has, uh, it is related with his song. So we love the lights and the sound. He, he said the sound and lights quality are amazing on that stage. Um, so I, uh, the thing is, uh, the simplicity has to do with his song. And it really is a beautiful song. So. Do you mind just explaining, especially for our English listeners, just what the song means, what the song's all about, what's the message? Okay, he, he thinks it's a, it's a very Portuguese song and the perfect one to represent Portugal. Um, it has a lot to do with his identity uh, as a person. And it's really a really beautiful song. As canções de amor Fizeram de mim Vou ressonhar Sou rapaz Que se cantor rádio popular I want to ask about the hat because we always see you in the hat. We never see you. Uh, we never see you without the hat. Is it the same hat or does it get washed? Is it is it a different hat every time? <laughs> okay, so uh, it gets washed uh, often. He has a lot of them actually, um, and uh, the story of the hat has uh, the first time he is uh, he has sung on stage. Uh, he was wearing it and he was invited to go to um, a theater in Porto, in the north of Portugal, uh, to sing there. Uh, he went there once with his hat and he went the second one without the hat. And the guys that invited him said, you have to bring the, the hat because it's your like a, a mark. Um, so uh, from then on, it's like an a image uh, symbol or something. So now we're asking everybody who we speak to this week, what's on their Christmas list? Because of course, Christmas is is just over a week away now. So so what's on the list? What are you hoping for to to have under the tree this year? Okay, so he um, doesn't wish a, a material thing. Uh, for him, Christmas is the most uh, special uh, time of the year. Uh, and this is when he sees all his family and people of his family who are far away and only in this time they get together. So for him, that that is the, the, the present, to be with his family uh, uh, and all this magic around this time of the year. And finally, we've we've got the jury show coming up as well, of course. You must be really excited to get on that stage to sing in the jury show and, and the grand final and, and just have such a brilliant crowd in front of you. And you're, of course, closing the show. He's very happy about it and anxious at the same time. Uh, he hopes to finish the, uh, the night in, in a big way, uh, as he's the last one. And he's really happy to, to be at that place. Samal, thank you so much for chatting. It's been brilliant to talk to you. And good luck on Sunday. And good luck in the jury show as well. Fingers crossed for a great result for Portugal. Thank you. <laughs> Huge thank you to Samal and to Maria as well for joining us when I had a chat with them just before today's grand final very very exciting the build-up continues good luck to Samal in that prestigious slot closing today's show and James we're going to keep the guests coming yes we are don't forget we'll be chatting to Enzo who's representing France we'll be chatting to him a little bit later on as well as a plethora of other guests but now he's joined us for the last two days it would be remiss of us not to chat to him again uh, as we build up to the show for this afternoon it's Fabien Randan a French journalist from the news website 20 Minutes. He's been based at La Seine Musicale, uh, doing all of his business there over the last week or so. And he's been helping us out. He's been the man on the ground for us in Paris. Uh, and if you missed it, 
You may well have done. He was at a press conference on Friday afternoon. Uh, Martin Osterdahl was there. He's the exec supervisor of Eurovision and Junior Eurovision. Uh, Alexandra was there as well. She's the exec producer of this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. So he was there on Friday afternoon. So I began by asking him what was said and what we need to know about everything that went on in that press conference. Uh, we didn't learn a lot of uh, stuff, uh, uh, to be honest. Uh, Martin Osterdahl said that the voting system uh, was fair um, and that it was not a question. Um, we um, had uh, Alexandra who told us again that uh, this uh, edition in Paris will be very Christmassy, very magical. And um, it, there was no big news. Uh, somebody asked... Uh, for example, if next year for the 20th uh, anniversary of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, if it will be a kind of big reunion of uh, the 20, the 19 winners, uh, but Martin Osterdahl said that he didn't want to spoil anything. So uh, it was a lot of, um, don't talk too much about it. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the dress rehearsal then, because that's the most exciting part of the weekend so far. You have managed to escape the press centre and head into the arena for the dress rehearsal on Saturday morning. Give us all your thoughts. What was it like to be in the arena? I have to say that I get very emotional. I thought at first that uh, Junior Eurovision Song Contest wasn't a big thing for me, I have to say, but... Uh, uh, I like it, but I'm not over enthusiastic about it. Uh, it's a show, it's a good show, and uh, uh, I'm amazed by all the singers and contestants. But uh, it's not really the same thing as a real Eurovision. Uh, it's not the same adrenalina. Uh, but I have to say that uh, when the, the Tedeum began to to resonate in the arena, and uh, when I saw the flag parade and I get very emotional. I had, uh, yeah, I was crying uh, under my mask uh, because uh, I thought, oh, it's crazy. It's a Eurovision event in Paris. Who would have believed that uh, a few years ago? And uh, yes, it's very enjoyable. And the flag parade the, um, is very French. If you if you are francophobic, don't watch <laughs> <laughs> the contest on on Sunday because everything uh, in the show the staging uh, says uh, France, 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 France. Um, the postcards. Uh, shows um, a lot of things about Paris. Uh, will you see the Eiffel Tower? I won't spoil anything, but yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I have to say that the staging, this bridge is very, uh, is very impressive and it um, won't be destroyed after the contest. Uh, France Television will keep this, uh, this bridge, this staging, um, uh, somewhere, maybe to use it for, I don't know, another show, another year. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be uh, a shame to, uh, to destroy it because it's really, um, it's, it's really, really impressive. Well, that's great news to hear because we've seen all the pictures online and the staging with that bridge, as you mentioned, looks so magical. It would be such a shame to waste it. Uh, You've mentioned so much about how French it is, the show is going to be with the flag parade and the DJs that are going to be there. How important do you think it is that this event on Sunday is really going to sell France? Because it's the first time that France have hosted a Eurovision Song Contest in, what, over 40 years. So it's really important, is it, to, to really sell the country of France through the show? It's important because I think that France Television and Alexandra Redamiel uh, want to show uh, what they call the French touch, uh, the, um, the way we make things. And, yeah, we know that uh, there is a, a kind of... Parisian dream and fantasy about uh, the city, the city of light, city of love. It's a little bit cliche, uh, but in another way, I think that um, uh, outside of France, um, people like this cliche and this uh, perfect image of Paris, and it will be uh, a perfect way to embody the the tagline of the show imagine imagine we are here to 
to live in a dream in something very uh, very magical, a uh, little bit unreal. We are in this Christmas bubble with the lights, the, um, the snow. It will be snowing in the arena. And I, don't, I won't spoil too much, but uh, I saw snow uh, snowing in the <laughs> arena. And uh, yeah, and you will have as well Barbara Pravi. Uh, she will sing Voila. And um, Let's forget the black and white. She keep it simple as always, but uh, it will be a little more colorful. So I won't say too much, but uh, you will be surprised. A little bit surprised, I think. So let's talk about some of the performers. I don't want to go through every single one of them, but let's do it in a bit of a clever way. If people want to vote at home, they get to choose three countries to vote for. So why don't you, Fabian, try and pick out your top three performances that you saw during the dress rehearsal? Um, so my top three performances, um, I have to say that I won't vote for France, even if I can, but uh, try to stay professional. <laughs> and uh, I really love Enzo, and I think that uh, the staging is amazing, that he sings very well, and that, yes, he's a contender for the victory, really. Uh, and uh, I say that uh, being perfectly neutral. Um, so, but uh, a top three, uh, in no particular order, I would say Georgia, uh, because Nico has something very childish. He's a child, and he acts like a child. Uh, and uh, it's uh, such a pleasure to see him having the time of his life on stage, with his little dance moves. I would say um, Armenia. Kami uh, Kami is a strong song. Um, so it's a very adult song. It conveys, it's, this song doesn't give um, junior Eurovision vibes. Uh, and that's maybe um, its flaws. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can see her winning uh, because the, um, the staging is... Uh, it's very professional and um, uh, you live a moment, three minutes uh, very fully and uh, you remember her uh, at the end of the show. And uh, the third song will be the one from North Macedonia. Uh, there is this message uh, about environmental issues um, and it's important to, to have it, I think, and to, to address it. And the song is very efficient. Uh, you want to dance. Uh, there are, all of the four, all the four of them, have strong vocals. And uh, yeah, they made the show. Um, it's uh, the Greta generation in a way on stage. Well, it's not long until we find out who indeed will win the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2021. You, Fabian, have been very busy and we can only be so thankful that you've managed to join us for the last three days or so. Will you be getting some sort of break now going into the next week and into Christmas? You've been a very busy man over the last week or so. Are you going to get a break this Christmas? Uh, yes, I will have a short break because uh, I will be uh, uh, on vacation uh, on Thursday and I uh, will be back in Paris uh, next Friday and work uh, the Sunday after the, um, the, the 2nd of January. So I will try to, to have a break and to, to be ready uh, for January and the marathon to Absolutely. That's one big thing to look forward to in the new year as we get ready for Eurovision 2022. Fabian, we hope you enjoy your break. We hope you enjoy the show on Sunday afternoon. And thanks again for joining us for a chat. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure and enjoy the show on, uh, on Sunday. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is indeed the Eurotrip, almost live from Paris. Thank you very much for joining us for our build-up to today's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Thank you if you've joined us as well for our other episodes building up to the big show and if you want to get in touch with anything you've heard or if you want to get in touch with your reaction after you've seen the show later on as well of course we are at Eurotrip podcast on twitter and instagram and we are of course on the email as well if you want to pop something over there it's hello at eurotrippodcast.com
Yeah, please do get in touch with us if you've got anything to say. We always love it when you uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, or via the email. Don't hesitate to send us a message. Uh, but now, shall we give you a little bit of a reminder of all the songs that are going to be competing in this afternoon's show a little bit later on. We'll tell you about, and you'll get to hear, in fact, the closing nine, the second half of the final. But now let's hear from all of the first half, songs one to ten. So in order, you're about to hear Germany, Georgia, Poland, Malta. We heard from those two the other day, Ike and Kaya. Then it'll be Italy, Elisabetta Lisa. We heard from her on yesterday's podcast. Then it'll be Bulgaria, Russia, Ireland, Armenia, and then Kazakhstan. is the Euro trip. So you heard just a moment ago there the first 10 songs, the first half of this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest, the songs from 1 to 10 that we've got to look forward to later on. It is so good to be here. It's so good to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. And the excitement is very much building. James, have you got the snacks in for the show later on? Oh, I've not actually. I should have really prepared for this. Normally, I'm a lot more prepared for Eurovision itself. The flags and the bunting would be up. I'd be, be ready to party. But um, no, actually, I've got no snacks ready. I've got no flags ready. I'm very underprepared. I'm not a very good fan at all. But the Christmas tree's up. And I think that is fine for this year's Junior Eurovision. Of course, the whole thing is very festive, very Christmassy themed. We'll see some Christmas trees in action. We'll see the whole of La Seine Musicale later on looking lovely and Christmassy. So actually, I think arguably you've already decorated you're already ready for it i'm very ready after all and as fabian told us earlier on he didn't tell us exactly how it would come about but there would be snow involved in the staging somehow so that's very exciting as well isn't it it certainly is it certainly is now it's funny i mention le scene musicale because if you've been listening over the last couple of days you will know that even though we aren't in paris we have been bringing paris to you here on Almost Live from Paris on the podcast over the last couple of days. We have been in a lovely bistro, a cafe, as you were, as you will, on the uh, Champs-Élysées. Yesterday, we were at a French food market, which was very nice. I ordered myself some uh, jambon. And today, James, where do we find ourselves? I think we we find ourselves in the queue, actually, to, to get into the venue of today's show. One moment. Let's just uh, take a moment to pause and let's take ourselves there in three, two, one. Perfect. Now, there's a guy selling a programme to the left there. Are you going to grab one? Are you going to take one home as a little souvenir? Hold on, let me have a look. 20 euros? I don't think so. You'll only, you'll only get your chance once, though. That could be a collector's item. 
I'm not paying any more than five euros. You know me. I don't pay any more than five euros for a programme. That's a motto I live by on a daily basis. <laughs> I thought you, you meant that was a motto you live by just in general. I don't pay any more than five euros. Full for stop. Anything. Regardless <laughs> of what it is. Just five euros. But it's, it's getting busy, isn't it? I mean, depending on what time you listen to the podcast, it could be very early. We still still could be a long way from uh, from today's grand final, but people are... People are in line, people are ready to go, people are, are all wrapped up it's a bit, little bit chilly still, but uh, once they get inside the arena, I'm sure they'll, uh, I'm sure they'll warm up. They're going to absolutely love it. It's great that we're actually definitely going to get an audience of some sort. We saw in Rotterdam where, remarkably, Eurovision managed to gather an audience together. It wasn't as big as we're used to, but in these times, it's great to see a live audience at a live music event. And it's the same for junior Eurovision. We're going to see some very excited fans in the arena for those 19 songs later on this afternoon. I enjoy that you said they gathered an audience together for Eurovision. It made it sound like they just grabbed some strangers from the street and said, do you fancy Eurovision later? And they were like, yeah, all right, sure. I'll come in. Just out from the cold. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Now, talking of Eurovision, we're going to talk to a man now who has been to uh, one or two over the last decade or so. He's been to, I think he will tell us in this interview... 29 Eurovision-related events since he started in his role as Eurovision's Digital King, or rather Project Lead at Screen, who were in charge of Eurovision.tv and Junior Eurovision.tv, to give him his official title. We're talking about Stein Smulders. You may know him as the man who does the voiceover on the Eurovision YouTube channel. Well, he is shortly about to leave his role, and Junior Eurovision is his final event that he's working at. Well, I was delighted that I was able to grab a chat with him earlier on inside Les Seine Musicale. He managed to find a quiet corner, and it was brilliant to be able to catch up ahead of what is sure to be a very busy day for him. The dress rehearsal is going on right now, uh, so it can be a bit noisy in the venue, uh, but I tried to find a place for you uh, where you can hear me properly. Well, you've done a good job. You've done a really good job, so thank you for doing that. Now, of course, you have been looking forward to this event in your role for, I was going to say weeks, but not weeks, months, of course, you know, for most of, of 2021, you've been looking ahead to to this event, I'm sure as soon as Rotterdam was was wrapped up in May. How has the build-up been for you? Now, how exciting is it to now be there and see everything coming to fruition that we've, you know, seen develop over the, over the months that have passed? It's 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 always always with Eurovision events. It's quite exciting, of course, when you know we work on an event basically for for in Junior's case, it's it's eight days. Um, but the preparation, as you said, it takes it takes over five months for us. Um, so most of those five months, we we work from either our offices or now our homes. Um, so the buildup is always great, and then uh, being here is is not only a lot of fun, but it's also everything that you start to prepare has, has come together kind of. And uh, it's most exciting to see that um, all the countries are here, all the kids are here and uh, they're all performing on the stage uh, now. So yeah, it, it, it's nice to see uh, that all these kids get the, their chance to shine uh, in the spotlight. In your role, of course, working across the, the digital content for the contest, how exciting was it when you knew that it was going to be happening in the run-up to Christmas because that does that allow you to be even more creative with some of the stuff you can do? Does that give you a, a chance to make things all nice and lovely and festive? I, I would say I would say it's easier, um, of course, because Christmas gives uh, and, and, and the, the holidays in general uh, they 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 give you uh, more opportunities. Everybody is used to. Um, uh, 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 be festive around Christmas or New Year's uh, or uh, whichever uh, holiday you celebrate, basically. Um, and it and it's and it's quite quite nice to be able to play into that. So, um, for example, the children have been giving gifts to each other, uh, and we have decorated uh, uh, some Christmas trees for which you can see the the content going up on the channel, and they've wrote written postcards. So definitely, Christmas helps us to be. Uh, more festive in our content, so to say. You mentioned it there, working with the kids, of course, as you have done over the last week and even in the run-up to the contest. How does that go? How does that work? And and how great is it to work with such confident young people? Because that's the one thing that I've taken, taken from them when we've been speaking to them for this podcast is they're just so confident, they're so excited and they're so impressive despite how young they are. These kids are... Uh, incredibly talented, um, which which is really admirable 
because I wish I was at, as talented uh, at that age as, as they are now. Um, so that's always great to see. Uh, but it's also fun to see that it's the Junior Eurovision Song Contest is not just a competition. It's also a, a place for these kids to, to get to know other cultures and to meet other people, uh, even though in this time it's a little bit more restricted than it usually is. Um, but that, I think, makes it most amazing. It's, it's not necessarily that much about the results, uh, in my opinion, but also about all the friendships that come out of it. And you can really see, I met um, some uh, former participants yesterday who are doing the, uh, who are going to be spokespersons uh, in the show to give out the points. Uh, and to see that they are still in contact with each other shows that that kind of sticks forever. And, and Stan, just to, to wrap up, I saw you announce on social media this week that this is your final Eurovision event. You've been working on Eurovision, you said, since, since 2011 and junior Eurovision, of course. How do you look back on your time working across the Eurovision family of events? Because you must have been to some amazing places, seen some incredible things, seen some less incredible things, but we won't talk about that now. <laughs> it, it, it has been amazing. Um, like this is the 29th uh, Eurovision event that, I'm, that I've done. Um, so I will make it to 30, but that's fine. Um, uh, and there were 29 great events and what, what, what I like most about them is that they were so uh, different from each other. You know, a Eurovision cycle also for, for Eurovision fans is quite the same. You know what's going to happen. There's going to be rehearsals, there's going to be shows, but still every year is different. Uh, because you're in a different country, you have different artists and everybody has their own approach towards the, the contest. Uh, and for me, working with all the, 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 the beautiful different cultures that, uh, that Europe and beyond have to offer has been, has been fantastic. Um, and uh, that is something I will dearly miss. Uh, at the same time, I'm also excited for, for a new challenge. Um, but still, um, Eurovision will have, a, uh, hey, will have a good follower in me. Uh, and I will definitely keep, uh, keep watching the shows and, and everything that goes around it. It's going to be strange watching a video on the uh, Eurovision YouTube channel without your voice on it, that's for sure. Probably, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Um, but but I'm, sure, I'm sure that they will find ways to, to, make, uh, to, to make the videos without me. I'm absolutely confident in that. Um, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to see the content coming up as well. Stein, it's been so great to talk to you. And yeah, on behalf of everybody listening, on behalf of all the Eurovision community, thank you for all of your hard work over the last decade and more. And I hope you enjoy the, uh, hope you enjoy the final of junior Eurovision as well. I hope that is the perfect send-off for you. I think it will be. I think it will be. We're up, uh, we're in for a good show. Hi, I'm Jude from Eurovision with Jude Kennedy on YouTube. And I'm from Northern Ireland. This year in junior Eurovision, I'm very much supporting Armenia. Milena is incredible. I knew about Milena since 2020, whenever her song Why was supposed to represent Armenian Junior Eurovision before they had to withdraw, and I loved it so much. The beauty in her voice really just gripped me, and as soon as I heard she'd be coming back this year, I was so excited. When Kami Kami dropped, shambles, everything, incredible. I was so just pleased that Milena had to come back with an incredible song for an incredible artist and I'm wishing Milena and Armenia all the best in Junior Eurovision. Brilliant to have another one of you getting in touch there with who you are supporting in today's Junior Eurovision Song Contest final. Thank you to Jude who is supporting Armenia. I think it's safe to say he is not the only one who will be hoping for an Armenian victory later on well let's get to it though let's have a listen to the songs taking part in the second half of today's junior eurovision final we've already heard the songs taking the places one to ten in the running order so we're going to go from song 11 to song 19 so you're about to hear albania ukraine france azerbaijan the netherlands spain serbia north macedonia and portugal
is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. That's right, this is the Eurotrip, almost live from Paris. Uh, we are getting through, slowly but surely, all of our guests that are helping us preview this afternoon's final of Junior Eurovision 2021. You've just heard the second half of this afternoon's show. And don't forget, you can go and vote for your top three. And even, you don't get to do this in adult Eurovision, you get to vote for your own country. How very exciting is that? So off you go. Go and do that. JuniorEurovision.tv and you'll find all the links there that you need to to vote. Very exciting. You can vote for three. I like that very much. Uh, you'll see a little recap clip as well there of, uh, of all of the songs. But you don't need that because you've just heard them all, of course, on today's podcast. Now, James, I'm very excited to bring you our next guest. I've been excited to bring you all of the guests that we have done on Almost Live from Paris, but especially this one, because it's not often that we get to speak to a head teacher on the Euro trip. I think this is the first teacher that we have had on the podcast. Yeah, this is some tremendous journalism you've been doing over the last week or so, whenever you reached out, because, you know, we love to bring you some of the biggest guests who have performed at the contest, but we've never spoken to... (laughs) to a head teacher of somebody who is going to be on the stage at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. He goes by the name of uh, Declan O'Leary, or as we should probably call him, Mr O'Leary. I like the idea of us having had, I don't know, Natalia Gordienko's headmaster on <laughs> in the run-up to Rotterdam. That would have been nice. Would have been some uh, some intriguing stories, I'm sure, had that happened, which obviously it didn't. Anyway... James is right. Declan O'Leary is his name. He is Mayu Levi Lawler's head teacher. It was fantastic to have him on. He's very busy. To let you into a little secret, he was late for our interview. And when he appeared on the Zoom, he said, oh, I'm very sorry. And I went, honestly, Mr. O'Leary, it's absolutely fine because uh, you're a headmaster. and You've probably got a lot of of other things that you need to do, so don't worry about it. (laughs) But this is what he had to say when we had a chat. And it's safe to say that he is ready and raring to go. So excitement is building. Uh, it's coming to fever pitch, I have to say, because uh, a couple of days ago, the people who organised the competition from this end here, people from TG Car, landed to the school with Mayu and were filming him and his classmates outside the school, you know, which gave him a big send, big send off, uh, dancing, cheering. Mayu was giving a few bars of his song. So, yeah, um, we're all extremely proud of him here and we can't wait to tune in on Sunday to see how he goes. What was it like the moment he was selected? You know, what was, I suppose, that next day at school? You're all coming into school realising that, you know, one of your students, one of your pupils is going to be representing the entire country at Junior Eurovision. It's a huge thing for the school. Uh, Yeah, absolutely massive. Uh, It's an incredible achievement for anybody. And look, we're absolutely so proud of Mayu and his family and his achievements. Um, I suppose the morning after uh, he qualified as Ireland's representative, the trophy was here in the school. So we, uh, I suppose, put his performance on the TV here in the general area where students could look at it at lunchtime. And we brought the trophy around uh, as well to his classmates. And that was great excitement. So look, we're immensely proud of him, um, as is the whole country. I mean, Mayu the other day, which was like something he'll cherish for life, I'm sure, received a letter of commendation from the president of Ireland. Um, so that was a huge thing. He also, like the local TD here, would be the Minister for Health. And he also received a, uh, a letter of commendation from the Minister for Health. So look, we're all hugely proud of, of Mayu and that we have our fingers crossed on Sunday for him. Did you give him any special dispensation or was he back after he'd been selected for Ireland, back in class, back learning the next day? He was, yeah, he was. Uh, he's an extremely diligent student anyway, so I think that's his kind of natural habitat. So he was he was very happy to to get back down to, to earth. Uh, he seems like a very level-headed boy. Uh, he's a great showman, but, I mean, he doesn't neglect his studies in any way. But we see this as being, you know, we, we're, we will promote holistic education here anyway. So we, we see this as being a fundamental aspect of his development. And, um, look, it's probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that he, he needs to grasp with both hands. Declan, has the has the trophy from the, the Irish selection been in your office? Uh, no, uh, I haven't put it in my office. Um, <laughs> I've just taken it to bed. If you, no, no, I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> I... I uh, I uh, no, it's been in the, the school main office. See, my office here is in a bit of a corner, so it wouldn't be seen, but it's been front and center in the school main office where people can come in and see it uh, once they enter the school in the, in the main foyer. And what are your plans? What are the school plans for, for watching, obviously, the event on Sunday? 
Yeah, so again, I suppose in an ideal scenario, you would perhaps open the school and have a bit, make a bit of an occasion out of it. But with the current COVID restrictions, I think it's going to have to be just everybody in their own homes um, sending good wishes to him uh, via through their TVs. Um, but look, hopefully then, if, if whatever he does, even if he's not successful, we'll, we'll mark it in a big way once he returns from Paris. I'm not sure of his, his return plans yet or whether he will be back in school before uh, we finish up for the end of the end of the term. But uh, if he's not, we'll certainly mark it come January. It seems weird wishing you good luck on his behalf, <laughs> but you know what I mean. And, uh, Thanks and very much, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate it. Fingers crossed for celebrating a good result for Ireland on Sunday. Thank you very much, Rob. Appreciate your time. So a big thanks there to uh, Declan O'Leary, or Mr O'Leary, as I imagine you'll have to go by, uh, Mayu's headmaster. Uh, we're now joined by Louise and Neve Necronine from Irish TV, and they are over there in Paris, uh, in the hotel rather than La Seine Musicale at the moment. How are you both doing? Great. Thanks for having us, James. We're delighted to be asked and we're very well. We're full of Eurovision joys, but a little bit wrecked as well. But I think that comes with all of the excitement. Because that's the thing, isn't it? You, uh, you've been working as well as out there because you are both massive Eurovision fans, which must be great to be covering it, but you're also best friends, Neve. Yeah, so we both work in radio uh, in Ireland and we were doing kind of radio shows uh, a few years ago. So that's when we met each other first. And then this year we both got the opportunity to work on a TV series for TG Carr called Eurovision Era, which is the TV series that Adair Productions produces uh, to find Ireland's representative every year. So Louise was posting the show. Uh, I was on the judging panel and then we picked Mayu as our winner and we're delighted with that. And we just kind of saw an opportunity I suppose to come well we just wanted to film what happened in the run-up to it so we had the series on TG Gar and that's been going on for a few years but we knew that so much happened in the run-up and run-up to the actual event and that so much is going on behind the scenes so we just wanted that to be documented for everyone to see. Louise what has been one of your favorite things that you've you've done over the last few days because as uh, Neve was saying there there's so much that goes on that people at home watching on TV don't necessarily get to see so what's been one of the standout things for you over the last few days? Yeah good question James oh there's been so many like I mean it it, it's cheesy to say the buzz, the Eurovision buzz, but that has been massive because I think like so many people and probably lots of your listeners tuning in, we've been deprived of live events and live music for so many months now, particularly in Ireland. We've not had a lot of live music because of the pandemic. And I think being at a venue where there's so many happy young people doing what they love, singing live, singing in their own languages is something that we love to see as well. Um, we're working for an Irish language broadcaster. So everything we're producing and creating is us which is our Irish language so it's lovely to chat to other nationalities and to see them singing in you know their native languages as well and the pride that comes with it but I think a standout moment a highlight for me was having the opportunity today to get kind of backstage in La Seine Musicale and see the production before it airs on television this Sunday and to see the lights camera action the glam all of the contestants on stage um it kind of would give you shivers down your spine Let's chat about Mayu then, because when we were chatting to his headmaster just a few moments ago, he was saying at school he's really committed, he's always so prepared for everything. Do you get that same vibe from him when he's on stage and when he's uh, rehearsing to go to go on stage? Totally. He gives it like a hundred percent. You'll see it on Sunday. Like he's just, he's a great performer. And like, even when uh, he was in the heats on our, our show on TG Car when we were looking for Ireland's representative, it was so obvious that it, it was just so natural to him to be on stage. You know, he knows what to do. He's got all the kind of the moves. Um, he's just, he's born to be up on stage and he does, he totally gives it a hundred percent. Louise, what uh, what have you made of, of his performance in the rehearsals and just the way he's handling himself? Because I think sometimes people forget that these are just actually kids. You know, the oldest competitors are going to be 14 years old. So it's remarkable, isn't it, to see just how well they handle themselves? 
Yeah, 100%. And I think even more so on that point, you know, in Ireland, there are kids that are amateurs. They're not necessarily part of, you know, full-time music schools or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure you'll have heard um, Mayu's principal tell you a little bit about, you know, everything else he does outside of music and outside of school. So he is just a regular teenager that has won a competition in Ireland and now finds himself on this international stage. So to be honest, what I've made of his performance and how he's held himself so far is just top notch. Like he's such a brilliant representative for Ireland. He speaks the Irish language, which is an absolute bonus. But on top of that, he's a really lovely person. He's got a great heart. He's been so kind to all of the other competitors. And also, I think Ireland as a delegation, we're one of the smaller ones. So, you know, we don't have any of the backing dancers, the big, you know, fandangles going on on stage. It's quite simple what we do. So, you know, he is on that massive stage, which is really massive when you see it on, in person. He's there on his own. He's holding his own. And like, it's very simple. And I think he he just does that so well. And- you can tell just how proud you two are of Mayu because clearly he's the best representative you could have at Junior Eurovision this year. What have fans back at home in Ireland made of the extra coverage that Irish TV have been putting on? Because we know how loyal the Irish fans are for the Eurovision Song Contest. They must really appreciate getting to see a little bit more behind the scenes of what's going on in Paris. I think people are kind of surprised at the scale of it. Like Eurovision for the senior Eurovision say has always been massive in Ireland and we're still quite new to junior Eurovision and you know there's still people who are kind of realizing that it exists and that it's there. Um so with the extra content that we're we're sending home and posting about online this year I think people are kind of like oh my gosh this is massive this isn't actually it's a huge huge opportunity uh for young people. So we're hoping like in the future that it'll probably make a lot more people enter our selection process but yeah I think people are just kind of overwhelmed at how how much work goes into it and how huge it is to be on a national an international stage come on then let's do the hard thing what is going to happen on Sunday afternoon show who's going to win and or maybe this is going to be the same answer who's going to win and uh, what's going to happen to Ireland Like, I mean, I don't know who's going to win. I think that there are so many really strong contestants and it would be a miss of me to say that, you know, Ireland's going to win straight out. You know, I think that the competition is going to be really, really tough. And... um, it's hard. It's also it's also funny. It's it's very you know different to Eurovision that you can vote for your own country. Yeah. And um, that we actually weren't aware of that until uh, recently. Yeah. It could honestly be anyway. We heard most of the rehearsals today, and it's there's such you know a different range when you think of say the song that Armenia has, and then the song that Portugal has, and they're miles away from each other, but they're both equally brilliant. Um, and then like add in a bit of like Italian rock. They're obviously kind of. You know, I don't. It, yeah, it, there's so much variety. I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting after the the jury vote to see what way the jury votes go. But then you honestly, you never know. And I don't really, I suppose, have any experience with seeing what way votes go, like teenage votes go, or young people voting for Eurovision. How that kind of works out and what they like. I think Mayu is an excellent performer and I think people will see how much fun he's having and will hopefully vote for him um, because of that. And like his song is brilliant. He just performs. He just knocks it out of the park. He's just brilliant. Um, But honestly, I couldn't call it. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your stay in Paris. Hopefully you get to enjoy the show on Sunday afternoon. Louise and Neve, thank you so much for stopping by for a chat. Thank you. This is the Euro Trip. Really interesting, isn't it, to see how Ireland are really embracing Junior Eurovision this year. And hopefully, as Neve and Louise said when you were talking to them, James, that is the start of a change in attitude. And who knows, in the next few years, maybe we'll see Ireland with a Junior Eurovision record as good as their Eurovision record, or though past Eurovision record, not recent Eurovision record, if that makes sense. I see what you were trying to do there. Yeah, it would be great to see them uh, shoot up the leaderboard. Uh, they haven't had the best string of results, it's safe to say, at junior Eurovision. But if they're sending people like Mayu to the contest uh, with bounds of energy like that, oh, surely one year at least it's going to happen. It's a really good song. I really like Mayu's song. There's just so much energy when you see that performed on the stage later on. I think he brings more energy to that stage than, than almost any of the other acts. And actually, one of the really interesting things, as I think Neve and Louise mentioned in the interview, is that he is just alone on stage, as you will see. There is nobody else with him. There are no backing dancers, no backing singers or anything like that. 
He's got the whole stage to himself, and he's not sort of consumed by the whole thing. He's just out there doing his thing, and he does it very well. Yeah, you talk about energy. There's probably only one other contestant for this afternoon's show that will potentially rival him in terms of energy, and that's Enzo, who's representing France this afternoon. Of course, they are the reigning champions of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest after Valentina won uh, with Jimagine uh, last year at the COVID hit contest, of course. And France have a very good record at Junior. Uh, since they came back in 2018, they've always placed in the top five. So Enzo will be hoping for the same thing today. So I sat down with him earlier in the week and I began by asking him what his song Tic Tac is actually all about. Tic Tac is a song which talks about time and how time moves extremely fast and it's a message I want to spread because it's a important message that I want people to listen and, and do because um, like, like I said you know time moves extremely fast and um, me in Hong Kong or in Paris because you know I live in Hong Kong I see everyone go quick and not think and not enjoy life. And my message I want to spread with, with this song is to enjoy every second of your life. Enjoy the, the present moment because we don't know when is the last second. Do you remember hearing the song for the first time? How excited were you when you first heard the song come to life? It was uh, Albon Lico who sent me the song. Like at, at the first like listen of the song, I was moved and um, not emotional, but just happy and like, bluff that I was going to, you know, sing this song to represent my country because it's a song which, you know, it's a pop song. It's not a song, you know, to cry, but at the same time, it has, like I said, a really strong, like a strong message, which, uh, which I want to, you know, spread. Um, so I said, you know, yes, straight away. Um, there could have been a better song. You've done a couple of performances of it live already, haven't you, on French TV at one of the press conferences a couple of weeks ago. How was it to perform it live? It's uh, it's incredible, and I love to see people's feedback um, on how I sing it live because people can say what they want about the studio version because you know studio versions can be perfect because there's more than one take, but in live it's really you naked. It's you can't you know fake it or you can't do anything. So um, yeah, it was cool. Um, I absolutely lo- love the song. You know, live there's something different live that I don't have in the studio recorded version. I just feel a different type of energy that I love. One of the performances you did was with uh, Valentina, Carla and Angelina at this press conference a few weeks ago. Uh, have you spoken to them three? Have they given you any advice? What uh, what have they said to you? I've spoken to, to them three. I've also spoken to Barbara Pravi. Um, I met her on a, a famous show in France called Vivement Dimanche. Everyone had a different musical taste. So I feel like they're... Um, their advice was very important, especially Valentina, because she won last year. Um, so she's got the most experience <laughs> out of everyone. And she just told me to enjoy every second. And it sounds stupid because it's like, yeah, but that's not a, like a deep advice. But for me, to enjoy every second doesn't just mean to enjoy every second. It's, you know, to think in the, the present moment. Whenever I'm doing something important, think of what I'm doing and not the next step. Because if I think of the next step, I won't be focused and I won't be happy about what I'm doing in the moment. Talking about experience as well, you've got a lot of experience performing already. You've done The Voice Kids in France as well, haven't you? I've done The Voice Kids. I was a um, finalist um, in uh, Equipe Soprano. Uh, it was uh, an honor to, to go you know, to the finals. It was an amazing experience and an incredible journey. Um, it taught me so much about the music industry. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget that, that adventure. But you know, today is Juno Eurovision and I can't wait. And it's the next step. And I wouldn't be here um, if it wasn't because of The Voice Kids. How do you think you'll feel on Sunday? What do you think is going to happen? Are you, well, naturally, you're hoping to win. Do you think it'll happen? Um, it, it's like obviously possible. I feel like every candidate has their chance of winning. Everyone is so talented and brings a different universe or a different style of music to, to, the, to the show. Um, I think it's possible, but I think everyone has a chance of winning. So I can't wait. And whatever the result is going to be, I have enjoyed and I have uh, lived an amazing um, experience and it would always be the, the best experience in my life. Junior Eurovision has changed my life, so I'm super happy. Not only do you have Junior Eurovision to look forward to, but of course, less than a week after that, 
It's yeah. Christmas. Now tell me, what's at the top of your Christmas list? It, it's like weird to say, but I don't want much. I feel like everything which is happening to me at the moment is a Christmas present or is just a present in general. Um, there's one thing I do want because I don't know if people know, but I'm a very, like, my brain is, is everywhere. So I'm a messy person. And um, I've, I've, I've broken my phone a couple of times. And at the moment, I don't have a phone because I've broken it like two days ago. And <laughs> since we're stuck in the hotel, we can't really do much. Um, so my, my Christmas list is just to get a good phone. Well, Enzo, thank you so much for chatting to us. You've got so much Thanks energy. I think Europe's going to fall in love with you on Sunday. I've got my fingers crossed for you. So best of luck for Sunday. You. Hopefully you enjoy Christmas as well. And best of luck with the new album too. Thanks very much for chatting. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. So that was Enzo. Great to chat to him earlier on in the week. He'll be representing France this afternoon, uh, performing in uh, the unlucky 13th place. I can't imagine it'll be very unlucky for him because he's got a very catchy song, got some great energy, and I think uh, there's a lot of people watching on TV today really going to fall in love with him and uh, and probably give him quite a fair amount of votes. But it was great to chat to him and great to bring you listening at five of this year's uh, acts who are going to be performing at Junior Eurovision this year, amongst all of the other guests we've brought you over the last three days. Certainly has been brilliant to talk to them. And one of my favourite things that we've been doing with them when we've had a chance to talk to them, despite sometimes how little time we've had with them, we've still managed to ask... What would you like for Christmas? And I'm just trying to remember some of the uh, some of the things they've said. I spoke to Elizabeth on yesterday's podcast from Italy. She said she wanted a ukulele, which is exciting. Although it's funny, isn't it? Because it doesn't quite go with her song that she's performing today. Because she's performing a very rocky song. Mm. And the idea that she wants a ukulele for Christmas. Maybe she's uh, maybe she's going to try something different. Yeah, I wonder what uh, uh, an acoustic version of that song might sound like. Oh, maybe we'll find out in the new year when she's uh, trained herself on the ukulele. Uh, and Kaya said, actually, one of the things that he said was they'd love to spend some time with their family, but then did go on to say they want a video game and a brand new phone, which is exactly what Enzo said, because he keeps dropping his and it's now broken. Honestly, these kids, eh? So clumsy. I know. I think Samal from Portugal as well, I think he said the same thing. I think he said he, he, he was looking forward to spending Christmas with his family, which is which is very nice and a sentiment that we can all... We can all go with, isn't it, at this time of year? Yeah, and then let's not forget Levi from Spain. We caught up with him yesterday, and he was the only one who was telling the truth because he said the top of his Christmas list was the victory at this afternoon's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. I like the idea that whoever does win today, their parents or whoever it is that they live with, then wrap the wrap the trophy up again and just give it back again. They're like, oh, oh it's the Junior Eurovision Trophy again. Oh, you've just wrapped it up, you cheapskate. You didn't want to buy me something else. <laughs> However, if I was a relative of one of the Junior Eurovision uh, contestants this year, I would expect a good gift from Paris. Because that's always the thing, isn't it? If you go abroad anyway, if you go on a holiday, you always expect that maybe, you know, someone's going to bring you back a gift. So who knows what some people across Europe may be getting from from Paris who have, have been to this year's contest. Well, I can tell you what everybody's about to get now, though, is another edition of the junior Eurovision jukebox, and that's the only thing on everybody's list across Europe right now. What people are going to get is a dose of excitement ahead of today's show. Now, I know today's show is exciting, everybody, but it may not live up to the heights of what is about to happen. Uh, if you are a new listener, the Junior Eurovision jukebox is where we get to press our very, very special button in front of us, which will play a random generated Junior Eurovision entry from the past on our virtual jukebox. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to press the button today. I'm just going to get on with things. Let's not waste any time here. I'm going to press the button. You ready? Three. Oh, 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 oh blimey. Steady on. Prepare oh. yourselves, everyone. The button is about to be pressed. You Three. can't go. You can, no, you can't. You can't this do it like that. This is the second time. I'm, I want to get my countdown in. Let me do it. <laughs> People have got to prepare themselves. Okay, a moment to breathe. You ready? This is your moment. I'm ready. And now I'm going to do it in three. Two, one. I told you people had to prepare themselves, didn't I? Because that is as exciting as your Sunday is likely to get, I'm sure. Well, I've pressed it. I've got some numbers in front of me. Uh, shall I read them out and then we can find out which song we're going to hear from right now? So the numbers I've got in front of me are 0 to 19. What does that mean, Rob? Now... As we have found out over the last couple of days, 0219 refers to 02 is the position 
in the running order that this song was performed in. And then 19 is the year of that contest. So we're looking for the song that was performed in second place at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2019. So what song was performed second? James, I hear you ask. Can I hear you ask? Yeah, what song was performed second in 2019, Rob? Well, it couldn't be more apt for today's show. A Junior Eurovision final in Paris, in France. It's one of the hosts of today's show, James. Today's Junior Eurovision jukebox comes from, of course, 2019. It's France, it's Carla, and the incredibly brilliant Bim Bam Toi. It's a bim bam boom, ça fait ça fait boom, ça fait bim bam boom. Dans ma tête, y'a tout qui tourne, ça fait chou, et puis blabla, ça fait comme si, comme ça, ça fait bim bam. Dans mon cœur, je comprends pas. You said it was incredibly brilliant. I'll say it's incredibly catchy. I can imagine nobody will be able to get that out of the head all day long. They definitely won't, but you're going to have to try because it is time for us to go and leave you to look forward to and to enjoy today's Junior Eurovision final. The Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2021 is, as James said earlier, depending on when you're listening, just a few hours away. Yeah, hopefully we've done a good enough job over the last three days to get you up to speed with everything you need to know about Junior Eurovision this year. If you listened on Friday as well, we gave you a bit of a whistle-stop tour of the history over the last 19 years since Junior Eurovision began uh, back in 2003. And we've brought you some incredible guests, some great journalists, some of the contestants for this afternoon's show. So hopefully you are right up to speed and ready to go for the show that starts at 4pm local time. It definitely has been so good to bring you all sorts of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds, people that you might not necessarily otherwise hear on the Euro trip. And don't forget, if you are a new listener here, you've only joined us for Almost Live from Paris because you're a huge Junior Eurovision fan and you might not have heard of us previously. We are here every single Wednesday with episodes of the Euro trip. So make sure you join us for that. But rest assured, because this is not the final episode of Almost Live from Paris, because we will be back with one final episode tomorrow. The episode will drop around lunchtime, so keep an eye on your podcast feeds for that. We'll have all of the reaction to today's grand final, and we'll be chatting about the winner as well. Very exciting. And as Rob said, we're here every single Wednesday. We try and round up everything you need to know about the Eurovision Song Contest, chat to some of the biggest guests. But over Christmas and New Year, we've got two fantastic festive specials, which are some long-form interviews with some of the biggest names from the Eurovision Song Contest. So that's on the 22nd of December and the 29th of December. Two people you will want to hear from and you never really get to hear from that often. So there's some big scoops that you're going to be wanting to hear from over the festive period. Yeah, we will be revealing the guests joining us for those episodes on our social media at the very start of the forthcoming week. So stay across at your trip podcast on Twitter and Instagram for that. But it's been so lovely to talk to you today and I hope you enjoy the show. Yep, same for me. What a pleasure it's been over the last few days uh, getting you geared up for Junior Eurovision. Of course, we'll be back with you tomorrow to review everything that happened. But in the meantime, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. And on the email, you can get in touch. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's au revoir. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.